The Athen Real Talk podcast explores controversial ideas to stimulate debate and active thinking. These ideas do not always reflect Athen's personal views. Welcome to the Athen Real Talk podcast. He has been called the best gamer in the world, hands down. World famous gamer and philanthropist Athen. Gaming for good, it's called, has raised more than $20 million. Using his notoriety to raise money for charity. On activism, science, culture, and self-development. I'm proud to have him in the studio today. I would not want to take you on in a video game. Intelligence. I sometimes say like I'm the most intelligent person on the planet, right? And I say it because I know it creates controversy and people talk about it. When I was eating earlier, I was actually thinking like, okay, but like, let's go and take it really serious, right? How would I go about it? when it comes down to being the most intelligent person of the world in a rhetorical way. So what I'm going to now do is I'm going to be arguing with myself whether I'm the most intelligent person on the planet. What is very interesting to know is if you see me argue myself, it is something you can learn from because I do this all the time, arguing with myself. I can't even argue with other people because there's nobody that I know that has as powerful rhetoric as I do, like literally no one. So arguing myself is by far what is most optimal in becoming better at arguing. It's like playing chess. If you're the best player ever, then you're better off playing to against yourself than playing against other people to learn. It's literally what machine learning does. It constantly improves itself either way. So let's say, okay, most intelligent person. I think talks to myself, say, okay, I'm the most intelligent person. Okay, so what do you mean with most intelligent person? Well, how do you define intelligence? Because that is really quite important. Even before you start talking about being most intelligent person on the planet, you got to first define what you mean with intelligence. And that is already quite a complicated matter because what is intelligence? And even more so, rather than just giving it a definition, how would you actually, on a more factual level, define intelligence, even though it's quite hard to do so? Let's give it a shot. So could you boil down what the properties are of intelligence? Do you need to be alive to be intelligent? Or can you not be alive? Would you say, for example, machine learning or deep learning is intelligent because it's not alive? Do you need life to be part of the equation to be intelligent? I would say, okay, let's agree that you need to be alive. Then you've got to say like, yeah, but what is being alive? Because it's not that simple, you know? We can just take the simple route and say, okay, biologically, what we mean with being alive, you have cellular organisms. And you can still argue, what about parts of these organisms? Is DNA life? Becomes like quite a gray area. It's like when you zoom in to matter, things start popping in and out of existence. When you get to the boundaries, on a quantum level, things behave differently. Same with concepts. You go very deep you start creating a gray area where you have a hard time defining things really truly, just like you have a hard time defining position and momentum of particles when you go really deep. It's same with argumentation. When you go too deep, you always have this gray area where you have a harder time to define things. Of course, when you go deeper, 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 you start even doubting whether you exist, but I'm not going to go there. I just want to have the intelligent debate. So let's just assume, okay, life, single organism cells and multi-organism cells Okay, you got to be alive. Let's assume this, take this as an axiom, right? To keep going with the argument. So what is another property you would give it? Being alive. So based on this definition, deep learning and machine learning and all that stuff is not intelligent. But that's already where it becomes a bit, you know. So what about a machine that is actual conscious? Is he intelligent? Because I would say if we create artificial AI that is really self-conscious, 
it does not apply to life, but it is still intelligent. So now we would go like, okay, let's drop the life axiom. You don't need to be alive. You need to be aware. So in order to be intelligent, the music that comes out of the physical entity has to interact with the entity. So you need an emergent property that interacts with the actual instrument that brings it about. Like a radio makes music, but the music does not interact with the radio. So in that regards, it is not intelligent. In order to be intelligent, you need a feedback loop between what emerges and what brings it about. That is already, you're already coming to a point where, okay, so basically you could say a dog is in a sense aware. Okay, like because the experience has an influence on the dog and there is a synergy between that. Okay, nice. I like this. This is, by the way, nobody talks about this in psychology or even philosophy or whatever. These kind of building definitions doesn't even exist on this level. But anyway, I like that. So what you need as a property is the emergent property that comes out and interacts with what brings it about has to have a synergy. Okay, that's really nice because now you really pinpoint awareness, right? In even the most basic forms because you could say like, does the cell have a consciousness that interacts with itself? No, there is no emergent property. There's no music coming out of the cell that then interacts with the cell saying like, oh, now you should do this, that. You need to have quite a complex mechanic in order to bring that about. So now we can literally narrow down intelligence to very specific cases because a radio is not intelligent because the sound that comes out of the radio does not interact with the radio. And so now what about deep learning and machine learning? The data that is brought about the hardware interacts with the data. When it comes down to machine learning and deep learning, I got to actually understand more carefully how it works in order to truly pinpoint whether it is intelligent or not because I don't know how it exactly works. I don't know if there's a feedback loop, but I think there is a feedback loop with machine learning and with deep learning. Either way, so let's just assume you need a, an emergent property that interacts with what brings it about in order to even be able to talk about intelligence. Then suddenly everything that is physical, like a sun or a black hole or whatever, is not really deemed intelligent because the emergent property of a black hole does not interact with a black hole because a black hole is just a black hole. So you need basically a sequence in time that interacts with itself. You need a synergy between past and future. And here we come, already more interesting. It's like, okay, because what I'm now doing is trying to factually define, well, factually, it's really structurally defined intelligence. I'm still debating myself, by the way. So like, basically, you need pattern recognition because the emergent property that comes out has to interact with what brings it about. So you have a time-space sequence where past and future interacts with each other in a way where the past and the future improves itself. So the emergent property where the hardware took place in the past interacts with the future. Wouldn't even be surprised it's quite close to what actual consciousness is and that's why we even have a timeline. Either way, I don't want to go too much to the philosophical part or existential part, but this is just an interesting thought to think about why we even exist and why there is time. Maybe it is because the fundamental property of intelligence is a feedback loop between past and future when you boil it down, action, reaction. But either way, I don't want to go into that. So like, okay, intelligence is defined by, you know, the emergent property that interacts with the actual thing that brings it about. But now what you can also say is, okay, there is also pattern recognition. So the emergent property tries to improve what brings it about. And as a result, what is brought about, the emergent property, in our situation, it's experience, right, grows. 
Because the better the synergy between both, the bigger the experience grows because it becomes more and more capable of improving the foundation. Now, already, if this is the case, the way I define intelligence, then basically people that just live to feel good are going about life wrongly because they just focus on the experience, on the emergent property. They don't think about improving life itself. But it is because of the feedback loop of improving life itself that life has thrived the way it is. You might still say like, yeah, but living happy or whatever might also, even though have an indirect consequence of improving life. Just like when you see at our technology, a lot of what we've brought about was brought about people chasing happiness, not chasing growing life or whatever. But the thing is though, I'm talking about a conceptual belief framework that is most optimal. I'm not talking about a framework that is suboptimal. It's about optimizing the two. Of course, you could say like things can still work and grow, but what if you can do it even more optimal? So having a belief system that matches what you are, so having an emergent property that focuses on the same things that life itself basically is, will bring about better results than one that is focused on an indirect thing, a misguided thing that then slows down a life's growth, but still grows it. Either way, still debating myself. I'm having an argument here with myself, by the way. I'm not saying person A, person B, because then it's just constantly saying, oh, Athene says this, now he says that. So yeah, basically you have pattern recognition, you try to align, but here it goes, like, what is aligning? So basically the pattern is what emerges in our situation experience, interacts with what brings it about, which is life or hardware, and the extent to which it has a synergy and allows itself to extend itself, that is what intelligence is. So basically the way I would define intelligence is the extent to which the emergent property interacts with what brings it about, and as a result, brings about, expands both of them. But now, while I've said all these things, right, what is the emergent property? I would say the emergent property is my experience. And what is what brings it about? It's life. But now here becomes very interesting because, but what is your experience? Because here there's a big problem with a lot of people. Experience for a lot of people is very individual. They capsulate it and say, this is me, this is my experience, this is what it is, there's nothing more. But that's not true, because your experience embodies everything in your environment. It's really, yeah, there is no external. Everything you experience is you. And what is life? You could say, like, yeah, my body, my brain, but life is way bigger than you. It's not just your body and your brain. Life is really everything that brought about, you know, it's, it's all around us. So when you say you're being the most intelligent person on the planet, you are talking relative to other individuals, you are basically specifying. You're taking all humans and you say, which human from all these humans has the emergent property, which is the experience that interacts with what brings it about in the most optimal way that helps grow both. But since the experience itself is not just limited to the person only, which is me, but also the environment and the social, that basically the collective organism, we are a superorganism, I'm not able to just say or make the statement, my experience should improve myself. The experience should improve what I am. And myself is just a flawed ID based on identity. Myself doesn't even exist. Just like I said earlier, we're completely interconnected with everyone. The idea of self is just a mental construct. So then you immediately start talking about, I wouldn't say higher awareness, but just you talk about more a collective awareness, a collective entity or identity rather than a a personal one. So the emergent property has to improve 
the collective, not just itself. But of course, if improving the collective requires to improve itself first, then that's what it does. So now, what is improving? Because that's also an interesting one. Is improving tomorrow? Is improving now? Improving within time, it all has to do with the curve, the improvement curve. If you can be most optimal by taking a very powerful drug, but that will kill you tomorrow, even though you've been very productive or very impactful or growing, if it ends up killing you, then you wouldn't consider that intelligent. So it has to do with potential growth rather than just growth right now. So basically future and being able to recognize patterns towards the future to which extent the emergent property can affect the thing that brings it about, which is not just me, but life itself, society, superorganism and all that stuff within time also defines how intelligent you are. So now let's take all the individuals on the planet and let's throw the statement of, okay, intelligence is defined by the extent to which the emergent property benefits or increases the property that brings it about in a way that has the highest potential towards the future and the best odds of succeeding. Of course, these odds of succeeding is defined by reality. It's not defined by a belief or an idea or a feeling. It's defined by reality. So if the measurement doesn't come out, then obviously your premises are flawed. But at the same time, It's not because it's defined by reality that the outcome is always what defines the best pattern you've taken to get there. Because we know that everything is probabilistic. You can play 2-7 offsuit, win the hand does not mean that you played your hand well. So that's where it becomes more gray area. And that's where two intelligent people would use rhetoric and logic to come to the same conclusion. Because when it comes down to pattern recognition, where the outcome is merely statistical input field, then basically the outcome per se cannot be the sole component for two people to decide what to do because the outcome is probabilistic and the outcome that then does happen is only something that allows you to measure more or less accurately the odds of your approach. So for example, with poker, when you play 2-7 offsuit and you win every single hand, then you will start saying like, okay, 2-7 offsuit is better than aces. Because maybe the deck is rigged. So yeah, basically what you have is you have a feedback loop between the outcome and the rhetorical talk. And the outcome is basically the actual result. But it cannot have the only say in what has to happen. So when it comes down to intelligence, if a random guy did a random thing that caused the planet to be surviving... You can't use that outcome to say this guy must be the most intelligent person because, first of all, the person did not do that on purpose because there was no real intent with pattern recognition, which is what intelligence is. It's the emergent property has to interact with what brings it about, so it has to be intentional. There was no intent, but let's say you do it intentional even then. Then you still have to measure to which extent was that intent based on the logical framework to actually create the ripple effects that that person thought you would get. Because if that is not in line, then even then you cannot make the argument. Like, let's say, for example, when someone plays the lottery with the intent to win and wins, that doesn't make him intelligent because he still, based on statistics, would have lost money overall. He didn't make a smart decision. And that's why you always have to look 
at an action in the bigger perspective. You can't just isolate it. And then, for example, when you start looking at the world to define intelligence, you can't just look at the successful people on the planet and use that success as a mere measurement to define whether someone is intelligent or not. Because you've got to look at their intent and the potential of what their actions would have rippled towards the superorganism. And when you look at that that way, then what you have is you can't just look at Bill Gates or Elon Musk and say they are the most intelligent person on the planet because they have a very successful business. Although the results that they have brought about are part of the premises to measure to which extent someone is capable to understand the patterns, deal with them, and increase the superorganism to move forward. So intelligence is not neglecting it as part of the equation, but definitely is not only taking that as an absolute, because that's something people tend to do. They just see, oh, someone won the lottery, the guy is really like made it in life. It's a flawed way of looking at it because things have to be measured properly. But now what becomes really interesting is like, okay, if the outcome cannot define the extent to which you're measured to be intelligent, but it's the potential impact, how do you maximize the potential impact? And we're talking about an individual perspective because we're talking about the most intelligent person on the planet. But being the most intelligent person on the planet on itself is already a very absurd claim because humanity is a collective entity. It's not an individual one. I already addressed that. So just talking about the most intelligent person on the planet makes no sense because it's all intertwined. You can't just say this or that. Although for the sake of argument, let's just go ahead with it and say like, okay, let's say who is the organism amongst humans that has the most potential to have the biggest impact in the world. Then what I would say, the organism that has the most impact potentially in the world, based on logic, is the one that can duplicate itself. Because then, instead of just being one individual, it's two. But of course, we're talking here about humans. So you're talking about one person, not two. But that one person, what it can do is it can spread to other humans through the belief system, spreading its belief system. But then again, you could still say like, yeah, but what if you could achieve more by just creating artificial intelligence and you don't even have to spread your awareness. And that is also part of the equation. If a human can create super artificial intelligence that then creates singularity and allows the collective to grow, that would be even more intelligent. But what is the chance of being able to do that and achieve that as one individual? Because even if that was the case, then you're still better off finding other people. That's what the most intelligent person would do. Find other people to then work on it. Because by himself, he's more handicapped. Because our brain is limited. And we are social organisms. And our ability to achieve things is very social and collective. So social skills and being able to speak to people and direct them is a very important part of intelligence within the definition of how I put it. So if I would take all these premises that I've given, which is the extent to which the emergent property interacts with what it is, which is the collective, and can improve it based on its potential impact rather than just the impact itself in the long term, and the extent to which it just builds on pattern recognition to achieve and do so, the organism that I would deem to be most intelligent would be one that can really easily spread itself amongst others if possible. If not possible, of course, that's not the case, but that's the first thing I would try to do. And then afterwards, if that doesn't work, I would try to use technology to overcome the gap. And if that doesn't work, I would try to just do it with technology. But that by myself would be very hard. So that would require me to start a business corporation and then use the financial instruments to just use people like ants to achieve that. But ants are just workers and don't have the awareness and the mindset. One person that is very capable is worth 
a million ants. So basically, one queen is worth a million worker ants. So the extent to which you as a person can literally create other people to be more visionary and achieve that would automatically bring you to be the most impactful person on the planet if you manage to achieve that. Nobody has. Because if it was, then it would already be all over the place. person that would do it would also be quite, if he would try it, he would be quite known because he would use internet. If anyone would be able to achieve it, to create visionaries that then can work together. So as far as I know, I am the only person that has managed to achieve it. There's nobody else I know. So based on the definition of everything I said, I am the most intelligent person on the planet. Unless I'm proven otherwise by someone that is managing to achieve that more optimally, which I'm not aware of. Subscribe to youtube.com slash wins. Watch the live stream at twitch.tv slash live. And follow the real Athene on Snapchat.